0: like to direct our attention to the text that will be the the anchor for the message this morning, uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20, it's in the Pew Bible on page 2, or on the screen or your own Bible, page 3, excuse me, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we praise and we thank you for the good gifts that you've given us. And certainly a large portion of that gift is the gift of the mothers you've given us. And as Dennis uh, reminded us this morning, uh, you gave us exactly who we needed. um, In spite of all the imperfections and in all the ways that they reflect you and The ways that they fall short of that, Lord, you are um, the one who plans it all. And we praise and thank you for that. Lord, I ask this morning that we would uh, not diminish the role of motherhood this morning, but we would uh, give it the honor and the dignity that certainly you do. And we thank you for how you uh, have planned for the role of motherhood um, to be a significant part of your hope for the world. And I ask that as we see the Scriptures, Lord, our hearts would be uh, rejoicing rejoicing in that. Lord, this morning we do uh, ask for um, those who rule over us in government positions uh, to rule so wisely. Uh, We do ask for um, uh, their... Their hearts to be turned to you. We do ask for their salvation so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Lord, we also pray for our, uh, our missionaries around the globe. I think of Donna Linda laboring in Myanmar here as they um, connect with uh, missionaries on the fringes of, of Myanmar, uh, doing your work in hard places. I pray that you would uh, encourage them and encourage the people they are ministering to. Lord, we do praise and we thank you for uh, the delight it is to do things together this morning that the world would look at and scorn and scoff as foolish. Uh, but we have sung your praises. Uh, we have had our hearts ministered to by uh, people honoring their own mothers and um Lord, now as we come under the, um, the teaching of Your Word, I pray that our hearts would be prepared to receive it. Lord, we do ask for those who are ill, for those who are away, that You would give protection, traveling mercies. Lord, I do pray that the uh, hearts of each of us would be um, ministered to by Your Word and by Your Spirit in the way that You know we need. And we thank You that Your Word is able to do that as it reproves, as it rebukes, as it corrects, as it instructs, uh, as it forms us into um, completion and perfectness. Lord, we ask that it would indeed accomplish that in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Without apology and with appreciation for mothers... uh, I want to um, <clears throat> ask the question, why bother, bother with, a, with a Mother's Day at all? Um, with all the stumbling blocks, pitfalls, and broken dreams, dirty diapers, having to clean handprints off the wall, plans that don't come about, why would we celebrate Mother's Day? The answer is because we're talking about a beautiful ideal. A natural part of God's created plan to bring love and nurture to light as an illustration of who our God is. And motherhood is a constant demand for the gift of love and caring. What I'd like to do this morning is to kind of take us through a walk of what it would mean to uh, be a mother throughout the entire Bible. Um, If I could remind you this morning that uh, mothers were part, in the beginning, of a perfect world. Mothers are part of a perfect world. Sometimes we forget that uh, motherhood was instituted before the fall came, before sin came. Let me remind you of what Genesis one uh, twenty seven and 28 tells us. So God created man in His own image, and the image of God created He Him, male and female created He them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing. And here is a hint of motherhood. Because mothers were part of a perfect world. God's intent of a perfect world was for mothers to exist. For there to be children that were born. For fruitfulness and multiplication to happen. The earth to be replenished. And mothers were part of a perfect world. The perfect world that God made and the human beings that God made, Adam and Eve, after His own image to to reflect Him, had the plan of motherhood embedded in. In it deeply. Mothers were supposed to be part of a perfect world. Having children was included in the perfect plan. Eve and those who would come after her were commanded to fill the earth with more image bearers who would represent God to the world and live in his ways. Mothers were part of God's perfect design. Mothers are not an afterthought. A nurturing, life-giving role that was to reflect God's own nature was necessary for God to fulfill His own purposes on this planet even before sin and brokenness. In other words... Our mothers are part of a purpose and design that started all the way back at the beginning and have a role then, because mothers were part of the perfect world, have a role that bears dignity and honor and awe and thankfulness and joy. So when you think of your mothers, you need to understand they are part of a stream that you can trace all the way back to being part of God's design for a perfect world. Mothers are part of a perfect world. Of course, there were no children until after sin. Don't put those two together here. But God's intent was that mothers are part of a perfect world. And if you know the scriptures, you know that we live in a broken world. And mothers are secondly part of a broken world. Um, in Genesis chapter 3, after they sin, we find these words in Genesis 3 verse 16. Unto the woman, He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Remember, He told them to be fruitful multiply. And now He says, I'm going to multiply sorrow and grief and pain in this childbearing. (coughs) In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So after Adam and Eve went their own way apart from God's ways and sin, their task was still the same, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. But it would be soaked now and framed in by hardship. Birthing little image bearers was done in pain and sorrow. Raising them and nurturing them after their birth would also be difficult. Sickness, fear, injury... Rebellion. Hard work. Facing the realities of famine. Heat. Cold. Finding shelter. Lacking sleep. And all their difficulties all now added to this task of bringing up image bearers as a mother who were supposed to represent God to the world. And all the moms can say amen to that, right? Uh, I still remember um, sitting on my mom's lap in the rocking chair, might have been you know, 2 o'clock in the morning with an ear infection as a little child. Moms, uh, all the sleepless nights, uh, all their hearts broken uh, by some of the choices of their children. Uh, you know that mothers are part of a broken world. We really don't have to prove that, do we? Um, <laughs> it is, and by the way, I think Legos on the floor at night are also part of that too. Um, <laughs> They say that there uh, there was a teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on magnetism and magnets and what they do. And the next day, in the written test, she had this question: um, My full name has six letters. The first is M. I pick up things. What am I? Well, what do you think they wrote? <laughs> test papers are turned in. Half of the students answer the question with the word mother, not magnet. <coughs> pick up things. That's all part of the broken world, isn't it? All part of the broken world. (laughs) Along with these things, though, that mothers deal with and mothers labor through, the other truth and reality is that the own hearts of mothers are twisted and broken too, aren't they? As the image of God they were created in is fractured. And sin and their own rebellion against God resides in them. So, it's, so so you have all these complicating factors, right? In this task of being fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the earth, uh, raising up image bearers. And so not only is it outside of them, but the problem is also inside, isn't it? As it is in all of us. Anger and frustration and selfishness and idolatry of putting other things and people in the place of God all ate away at the design of motherhood in a now imperfect world. That was a shell of what it was created to be, isn't it? And what's the result? The result is is more offspring who reflect more of the image of their father Adam, right? Than the image of God. And so mothers are part of a broken world. Uh, Motherhood and bearing children was connected with this broken world. It was part part of the curse. It was part of the perfect world. But with the curse became sorrow and travail in this. But the good news is, thirdly, that mothers are part of a redeemed world. A redeemed world. Because right before, verse 16 of chapter 3 in Genesis, verse 15 says this, And I will put enmity, cursing the, the serpent, God says, I will put enmity between the serpent, thee and the woman, and between thy seed, that's motherhood, right? Descendants, childbearing between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, her seed shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You see, in all this brokenness, the brokenness of of raising image bearers, birthing image bearers, and raising image bearers in the home, and and the brokenness in the own, own heart of a mother, God will take the task of motherhood, and He will use it to bring about redemption to what was broken. And so if mothers were included in the world that was perfect and the idea, uh, intention of God was for uh, mothers to be fruitful, multiply the earth, uh, and and to raise up image bearers to reflect His glory before sin, and now we find in Genesis 3, mothers are part of a broken world where these things cannot be um, completed as they could have been completed, God gives the answer to the greatest problem. The problem that's not only in the heart of her image bearers, She births, but also in her own heart. And it's one who will crush the serpent's head. A Redeemer is promised through Eve's eventual childbearing down the line. The Redeemer who will crush the devil, who will crush sin, who will crush death, wouldn't just appear on the scene. He would be birthed to a mother. He would come from a mother, a virgin birth, certainly. Mary, conceived by God, the Holy Spirit. And the world would be given a Savior because of God's plan for mothers. Do you see how a role that we have uh, pushed and suppressed and, and, uh, and, and pushed to the side, to the margins, has such an integral part of God's plan? Jesus would come out of His mother Mary. And He would defeat evil at the cross. He would be born in this cursed world. He would face the hardships of this world, but he would be untouched in himself by the sin of this world. He would be pure in heart, unlike his mother, unlike his siblings, unlike his earthly father, and he would become the one who would save his own mother's soul by virtue of his sacrifice at the cross. So that Timothy can sit, or Paul can say to Timothy later on in uh, 1 Timothy that women would be saved by childbearing. So the point is I believe that it's through childbirth that the Savior came. So mothers are part of a redeemed world. It is through mothers that God brings about the Redeemer And the beauty of this promise in Genesis 3:15 is that five verses later in the text we read to begin in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20, Adam sees with eyes of faith into the future. What God would do through the wife he was joined to, through her as a mother. And so, Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Now, Eve at that time hadn't had any children, had she? So Adam is looking into the future with eyes of faith because of God's promise in Genesis 3.15, knowing that she will birth children in hardship and travail and pain. But the beauty of this promise is that Adam sees it. And Adam can say, you will be the mother of all living. Though death and suffering was promised to the world because of their sin, Adam looked to the future and could say, Eve, you're the mother of all living. There's more to come. Adam certainly would be the loving head over her, as the one who names or gives her this name before sin. And she would eventually, down the line, bear a son who would be the head over Adam, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, the true image of God, who would restore the fractured image of God of those who believe. The word Eve here is the word... Uh, uh, or excuse me, he had called her before in Genesis chapter 2, he had called her Isha, the Hebrew word for woman. As a wife. Here he calls her Eva. Life. He calls her life as a mother. Isn't that the, the synopsis of the purpose of motherhood? To, to brood over life. To bring forth life. To make sure life continues to make sure all the necessary components that is needed for her offspring and her home are there for life. I think Adam saw even further than that. And Adam believed the promise of life out of death through a Redeemer. And New Eve would begin a chain effect that would bring about a Messiah through a chosen descendant's childbirth who we know now as Miriam or Mary a Hebrew in the New Testament. Death would pass upon all mankind because of Adam and Eve's sin, but life would come one day and Eve would be the mother of all living. And all of us can trace back to Eve. Matthew Henry wrote this. He said, It was likewise a confirmation of the promise now made that the seed of the woman, of this woman, should break the serpent's head. You see, God by His grace didn't leave the world broken. He did not wipe the human race off the earth, but He would reroute His plan and bring life out of death. The human race would continue and would bring a God-man-redeemer out of it. All the families of the earth, we find out later on, would be blessed by a redeemer. And this is real hope because it comes out of motherhood. And motherhood and what we honor and the dignity of it is... A real uh, uh, honor because of this truth that mothers and motherhood is part of a Redeemer. The path of motherhood is connected to Redeemer. But if we bring it full circle, we'll see, fourthly, that mothers will be part of a new world. Now, I don't mean by that in a new world that we'll still have children. But what I mean by that is this. What was unraveled by Adam and Eve's rebellion will be made even better than it was at the beginning. Because there will never be threat of sin. The king who existed eternally yet became born of a woman will reign forever and the beauty of motherhood, this is what I mean, the beauty of motherhood will have served its purpose. Will have served its purpose. The task of motherhood will be done. But the fruits of its design will be enjoyed forever. Image bearers in the new heaven and the new earth. There will be no more curse. And mothers who have believed on their Redeemer as Eve did and Mary did, etc. Will dwell with the Father, Son, and Spirit forever in a new creation. You see hints of this in the book of Luke with God's promises to Mary. The angel, the messenger says... Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called Son of the Highest. So and listen to this. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. So the fruit of this one who would be born down the line of Eve through Mary will be a kingdom that will never end. So mothers are connected to the new world. Peter, describing this new world, says this, Nevertheless, we according to His promise look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of Him in peace, without spot and blameless. And John, in the end writes this in Revelation, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, or the first heaven and the first earth, were passed away and there is no more sin. What God had intended in the garden before sin of image bearers to be multiplied through mothers, through families, and what was broken, and now added a whole new dimension here of pain and brokenness and suffering and decay and death, but was provided for in the redemption of one who would be born of a mother in the person of Jesus, born of Mary, under the reign of Caesar Augustus, under the governor of Pontius Pilate, there in time and history, now will bear fruit And one day there will be gathered around the throne of Jesus, the Lion Lamb, for the glory of His Father and through the power of the Holy Spirit, there will be image bearers that have been brought back and restored to their true image by the one that was birthed through a mother. So never discount the role of a mother. And certainly we all have our own callings. Not everybody in here is a mother, obviously. And I'm not just speaking to the men, of course. God has, has given you a role and design. But as we look to our mothers and we look to the, 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 the ideal and the entity of what motherhood is, we need to understand the honor and the dignity of motherhood. And as we honor the mothers that God gave us today, may we remember that God's design for mothers was embedded in eternity past for His purposes for mankind. And it was instituted before the brokenness of this world, and therefore has great dignity and great worth. And certainly we can all see the flaws and brokenness of our mothers, and mothers in here are part of that too, as well as fathers. And we pass on man's broken image to those who are born. Adam's broken image. But Jesus through motherhood and through birth redeems our brokenness through a new birth. Jesus the promised one who the Bible said would come and came through motherhood. And we look ahead to a new creation without the curse, that will see the fruit of the one promise born from a mother. This isn't a message today about how you've measured up or how you haven't measured up as mothers, or necessarily even a message to those of us who aren't mothers of how you've measured up or haven't measured up in giving honor and dignity to that role of motherhood. But this is ultimately a message that points us to the one true hope that we all have because of God's design and God's plan for mothers. That through the woman, through mothers, we have an eternal, steadfast hope. And motherhood isn't the end all. It's not the goal. Motherhood is just another means. For Jesus' son, for God's son Jesus, to be honored and glorified in our midst. And wherever you are on this on the side of the equation, wherever you are on it, I trust that you'll appreciate and you'll rejoice in God's plan of mothers to give us the greatest gift that the Father could give us the gift of his only. Be God's